How you doing? Good morning. You're listening to the Arts House on Corks 96 FM and C103. It's Elmery Ma at the microphone with you until 10. Connor Tallon's also here ready to go. Yeah, I'm, I've got my speech ready. Yep. <laughs> and welcome to a special show for Oscars weekend. Yeah, right the way through this morning, we'll be listening to some great music from the movies. But today we've asked a number of guests from around the world of the arts in Cork to choose some of their favourite tracks. Now, some of them are maybe not what you'd expect, but let's start off with one of tonight's Oscar-nominated composers for Best Original Score. Since the 1960s, John Williams has been recognised for the incredible impact he's had on the world of film and his partnership with Steven Spielberg is legendary, of course. And tonight he's once again nominated for his scoring of The Fablemans. So, here's the title theme from the movie. next piece also has an Oscars theme and it's chosen by one of Ireland's current busy filmmakers, Cork's Sinead O'Riordan. She's just wrapped a new feature film with Morris O'Carroll, so Elmarie asked her to pick a piece for today. Whenever I think of filmmaking and filmmakers in Cork, you're always one of the people who jumps straight to the top of my mental list because you always seem A, so busy as an actor. I love the shots you post from locations. And B, so busy as a producer and director as well. Like you really have thrown yourself wholeheartedly into life behind the camera as much as anything else, haven't you? I have, I suppose... I'm really like I I mean I've always acted as a kid you know but I suppose I came into acting later in life in that 
like my background was engineering and um, that's what I did first, then sort of pursued the 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 real passion stuff later, you know, in my 30s. So I suppose because I started later, I, I realized that I would sort of need to climb the ladder <laughs> fairly quickly. So I just automatically um, got into producer mode as well. So I've always worn the producer actor hat, I suppose, because for me as an actor, it allows me to produce my own work um, and allows me to get myself out there more and not to be waiting for that phone to to ring, you know. So it's a massively challenging thing to do, the whole um, actor hat, producer hat. But it's just, I think nowadays everyone needs to sort of wear multiple hats anyway. The days of being a writer or just a director or just an actor are gone. You know, you really do have to uh, be able to just wear multiple hats and, and put yourself out there in any kind of capacity. Well, I know whether it's born out of necessity or otherwise, it also informs the rest of your work as well, though, on camera, doesn't it? To have, you know, the knowledge of what it takes to compose a shot, the knowledge of what it takes to, uh, you know, be assessing how everything is going during a shoot in post-production and, and everything afterwards. And it, it yeah. everything kind of feeds, it cyclically feeds into itself. It does. It all feeds into itself. And, you know, it's it's all all learning as well. You know, you're always learning, be it in the acting mode or the producer mode. We just produced um, a feature film there in Cork. Um, it's my second feature film that I've produced. So it's called Swing Bout. And my God, the, the learning curve for me on that was something unbelievable. And I've produced a feature film before, you know, but it was just a whole different topic. It was about female boxing. So I quickly had to come up to speed with female boxing and boxing terms and boxing lingo and you know obviously in the producer as a producer and an actor mind you because I play a coach in it so I had to learn how to do pad work and and like you know you're always learning and um, but yeah it all does feed into itself and I mean look I, I, I love it I wouldn't do anything else you know I wouldn't change I wouldn't change anything that I do so yeah I just keep on going you know. I've seen a lot of the posts from, we'll say, cast and crew coming towards, particularly towards the end of shooting on Swing Bout. So like a brilliant atmosphere, plainly amongst everybody on set. But uh, what happens now with that film? Because um, I know you have quite a lot of experience and success at film festivals around the world, um, which take open entries from uh, international entries. And you've had so much success on, on that kind of front. What would happen with this feature film? So basically, um, I suppose the way myself and uh, my collaborator, Morris or Carl, he's the writer and director of Swing, but the way we work is we'll always try to raise the bar in every project that we do. You know, you learn from the last project and you, you, you try to do better in the next. So we've taken all the learnings from our feature films and short films and um, we, you know, we, we, we kind of, came into swing bout with with all those learnings and then um continuously want to improve and raise that bar so our goal now so it's obviously it's gone into post production now it's in the edit mode and there's a lot that goes along with that in the sense that we we have a lot of brilliant composer on board now who's get, get putting a score together for us and um we've never had a composer on board so that's a kind of a new thing for us as well so it's kind of going to raise the production values again for us but Basically, we're aiming much bigger this time. We're aiming for some very big U.S. festivals. 
um, to premiere at. And off the back of that, then we'd hope to pick up a really good distribution deal and just get it out into the world, you know, because when you're an independent filmmaker, it's that's the most challenging thing. Obviously, A is the money that you don't have and B is trying to get it out there, you know, and getting the PR and the marketing and trying to get um, get bums on seats and get people yeah. in to see the film, you know. So we'll do, we'll do, we'll start strong, hopefully, with um, a very large film festival and we'll premiere at one of the bigger ones, hopefully. I'm like, I'd be thinking Sundance here now, why don't, I probably shouldn't say that out loud, but oh, I oh, do. Oh no, manifest um, it, you know, I'm going to manifest it, absolutely, absolutely, or South by Southwest or one of those ones, and then hopefully off the back of that, you know, get a, get a great um, a distribution deal and, and a good distributor on board so that they can then sort of do all the work of, of getting it out there, you know, and so that's the plan, like fingers crossed. Yeah. I, I I can see it like we've done very well like we've we have an amazing film on our hands I, I really I am I, slow to say that but I, you know I'm afraid to say that in a way but like I've seen the footage and we're very very excited so you know it's definitely our, our best work to date and in particular Morris's best work and you know mine and even everybody that came on board like it's just some some amazing amazing acting amazing production values from you know the cast and the crew just they really kind of knocked it out of the park so I'm yeah I'm looking forward to it and you know I'm I'm hopeful if you don't have the passionate belief in it from the off it's doomed yeah. so I mean like you have to be fired up from it uh, right from the off you, now, you, you mentioned I mean, you're, I'm with I'm going to be with this film for the next few years yeah you mentioned there, of course, that this is your first time having a composer on board working on the yeah. score. So that brings mm. us nicely into me asking you to suggest a score okay. that you've loved in the past or that for some reason means a lot yeah. to you as a filmmaker. What are we What are we going to yes. play today? So I, I, I'm not sure if this is handy for you, because when you initially asked me about um, your favourite film and favourite soundtrack, I automatically lean towards the, the foreign films, you know, like Chocolat and all those ones. And then I started thinking, well, hang on. My favourite film at the moment is on Colin Kuhn, The Quiet Girl. So I don't know if it's of it's handy for you to get any of Stephen Rennick's. Uh, that's the composer for The Quiet Girl. And there's a lovely um, soundtrack that he has called Coit's Theme and it's basically the, the music that runs through the film and, and part of the trailer so that's that's what I came up with I don't know I know it's on Spotify and all these ones but I don't know if it's easy for you to, to find What a brilliant choice for Oscars weekend because I know all eyes mm. and hearts are with the Colleen Kuhn for sure on this yeah. weekend and with everyone involved in that project too and who knows Sinead but one day we will be calling you as you're getting ready to head over <laughs> <laughs> For the oh, great no, carpet, we live in hope. Manifest it, girl. Yes. Manifest Absolutely. it. That's it. Sinead, Orion Productions, now at the start of that big post-production process with Swingbout. The best of luck to you. Thanks a million. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. Look after yourself.
Music there from Les Choristes, and that's a reminder that today is the final day of the French Film Festival, with five films to see today in the Gate Cinema. Now, our next piece comes from a guy I know who's just a passionate movie fan, but particularly a music fan. There's very little he doesn't know about music from various decades. And I was curious to see what he'd pick for us from the movies. And true to form, he wasn't at all predictable. (laughs) Elmery rang PJ Coogan to ask him for a piece from the world of film. PJ, I know you play the best of the best all the time, Monday to Friday. And you have sat in the seat for the Arts House on many's the Sunday morning as well. And I know that you throw yourself and have, like, it's your heart and soul into choosing music for the programme. So when I sent you a text asking you about music from the movies, I knew I was sending a text to somebody who would immediately have, like, a book of suggestions to come back to me with. And it sounds like you were looking forward to the big reveal. I could give you any number of movies that anybody else would give you. Like everybody loves the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. Everybody loves the the one with the, the nuns. You know the one. Uh, that, that one. Uh, I can remember the movie. <laughs> <laughs> the one with the nuns. I love it. <laughs> you know the one. You know the one I'm talking do, about. Yeah, yeah. Sister Act. Sister Act. The Sound of Music. Yes. <laughs> Sister, Sister, that, the other one with the nuns. Or Grease or Saturday Night Fever. Or, but my one is a little movie from the 80s. The movie itself wasn't any great shakes. It was called Streets of Fire, and it was about rival gangs with motorbikes and guns and a lot of fighting and a lot of leather and denim and shouting and things like that. But the soundtrack of it was awesome. It featured a band called Fire Incorporated, which was put together by the late, great Jim Steinman, he who wrote Bat Out of Hell for Meatloaf. Mm-hmm. And there were two songs on that. One is called Nowhere Fast, which is actually went on to be a hit for Meatloaf. But the other is one of my all-time favorite movie songs called Tonight is What It Means to Be Young. Also, Dan Hartman had a major hit on that soundtrack as well called I Can Dream About You. So that's my little gem of a movie. The movie itself, I've probably seen a hundred times. The soundtrack, I've listened to a thousand. Wow. And a, a movie from the 80s with, I can see a cast like Diane Lane, William Defoe, like a great yeah. lineup, Bill Paxton. And like in the 80s, that would have been like early days for a lot of them kind of pre... Teen gang. Teen gang yeah. movie. You know, teen gang motorbikes. And like I said, motorbikes, denim, leather, a lot of shouting. It still sounds good, PJ. <laughs> Now, I don't know if you can play any of the songs for me, but if you can, tonight, now I know it's a big, and it's a big steak of a song. It's nearly six minutes long. Tonight is what it means to be young, a Steinman classic. Okay, PJ Coogan, especially for you. We mightn't get to the end of it, but we're certainly going to enjoy the start. Here it is. Brilliant.
Music there from the soundtrack to The Theory of Everything. And one theory is that film and TV is alive and well in Cork. Another local filmmaker is Paddy O'Shea, who's always got at least one project for TV on the go. Later on this year, we're going to see another series of his fantastic programmes, Scale to Graw in Erin, hitting our TV screens. And this week, he's away on location filming another show. So Elmarie rang him to ask about his own movie inspiration. Wearing your hat as director, it cannot simply be about the mechanical process of filming and telling a story. You really have to be invested in the storytelling art, don't you? Like a film doesn't tell a story. None of us are going to sit down and, and watch it. So like that is your passion, the telling of stories. Absolutely. It's, you know what? It's about people. It's about people and, and stories and how we all have something in common and we can all relate to, we can all relate to love and and we can all relate to, you know, going through hard times together. Um, and I really think that, that if you can, if you can get across that personal and, and people stories, then, then, then you, you're really halfway there, you know, the technical stuff and, and making it look good. You know, if, if you work hard at that, that, that'll come and follow. But the main thing is getting the stories across. So what stories bit you then that brought you down this line and this avenue as a career? Well, I suppose when I, I mean, like everyone else, I suppose when I was a kid, like when I was um, a kid, all the big films were like, um, say, Spielberg movies and stuff that were, you know, these big American movies that were almost another world for us as children. You know, it's like, wow, there's a big other world out there. And it was just these big um, emotional stories that we'd go to see in the cinema. But 
as regards, say, things that, that left an impact on me, I was thinking about it when you asked me, was um, I remember watching The Mission when I was quite young. It was like in the 90s. I was still, I was still, I was still a teenager. I was in my late teens, maybe. But I hadn't really thought much about um, the soundtrack or impact the soundtrack was having on me up to that point. You know, music was great. It was there. But it was when I watched The Mission, it was the first time I really noticed uh, what was going on in the soundtrack. And in particular, Gabriel's oboe, that piece of music, was just it struck a chord at me and it has never left me since. I mean, it, it, it has just, it was an amazing impact. Um, and now the soundtrack, of course, for the whole film is amazing. And the film itself takes you to another world. And especially, I didn't know much about what was going on in South America in those times in the 1700s when they were, you know, basically the Western powers were taking the country apart and, and there was slavery and they were really doing a lot of damage to the tribes. But the music itself is just so magical and, and creates such a big part of that film. But Gabriel Zobo, that piece just struck me right in the heart and has never left me since. It is one of the pieces that we would be most often asked to play on a Sunday morning. And the thing is, I suppose I'm over 20 years sitting in this chair on a Sunday morning and it would have been amongst the first pieces we played in those very early days and despite the fact that I would play it so regularly and so often and over 20 years later and even longer for the movie in its own life, never tired of it, never tired of it. And never, uh, never yeah. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And Ennio Marconi, I mean, it was obviously it was Ennio Marconi did the score. And I mean, obviously he's famous for so many big scores and so many big films. And of course, when I was younger, the Westerns he made or he, yeah. he scored for Sergio Leone and, and, and Clint Eastwood. I, the, you know, the Good, the Bad and the Ugly when we were kids. When I was a kid, I was fascinated by it and the music was such a big part of it. And, and even when you look back at it now and listen to that music, it was so strange and so otherworldly and so different to what we're used to. Um, and it really shook up Hollywood. And then, I mean, he's cinema paradiso, so many. But for me, it's Gabriel's oboe that just like, it, it's just so incredibly beautiful and Ray McAnally the Irish actor who's playing the Cardinal I think in the film in his voiceover he says a line when he's writing a letter to the Pope and he says um, if we had a symphony orchestra we could have conquered the country you know it was just like the power of music and the the sophistication and the culture of Europe on one hand but then the devastating effects they were having like you know it's just that that dichotomy of like oh they were so cultured and we have such amazing beautiful music but at the same time we're destroying these poor tribes and poor people and taking advantage of them a superb choice Paddy O'Shea thank you so much thanks Emery.
Well, how could you be more in tune with music than expressing a story silently with your body? So I rang one of Cork's most high profile dancers, Alan Foley of Cork City Ballet, to ask him what he might suggest for today. And I actually think I knew what he was going to choose before I rang him. Alan Foley, why am I not surprised at your choice of movie for Oscars weekend? Tell everyone what you've picked. I have picked the movie Flashdance because I absolutely adore the soundtrack and that movie came out at a time when I was planning and preparing to be a professional dancer and of course as everyone knows it was the story of Jennifer Beals who used to work in a nightclub at night and do modern and and jazz dance and then she went to the Pittsburgh Conservatory of Ballet to audition and she got accepted so the story really sort of resonated with me and I think the soundtrack is amazing and I still use that music in all of my classes when I teach today. So it's, um, yeah, Flashdance would definitely be it for me. It was the movie that decided me to become a dancer. I thought that's definitely what I want to do after seeing that movie. I know because you've talked before about watching that movie and the impact that movie would have had. I mean, like, to this day, it is a cult classic. At the time, the impact it would have had on so many people at so many different levels, not just for dance, but for that sense of possibility and ambition and just having the guts and the drive to do what was difficult. Well, I it came out in 1983, if I'm not mistaken. So when it came out, I would have been 14, 15. And I remember going to see it. I think it was it was the was it the Lee Cinema on Washington Street. Was that the it was definitely on Washington Street where the cinema was. And I came out afterwards and I was so inspired. It was lashing rain outside. And the, the, the foyer of the theatre was absolutely soaking. And there was tiles on the floor. I remember that. And I did this big, huge grand jeté. I didn't even know what a grand jeté was at that time. And I remember I, I fell flat on my backside. And, but it didn't bother me because I was, I was so up in the air in my head. And I thought, oh, my God, this is just the best thing I've ever in my life seen. And this is what I want to do. Um, so that was my embarrassing um, kind of camera moment the first time I saw Flashdance. And of course, I've seen it many times since then. But yeah, definitely a very inspirational movie. Well, it inspired you to heights at the time. You mightn't have been just quite ready for Alan, but you've reached them since. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Great oh, well, soundtrack. I don't know about that, but we do our best. We do our best. <laughs> Great soundtrack. Great choice. Thanks a million. Thanks, Anne-Marie.
little clip there from the Banshees of Enigeran. The little theme with the famous Jenny the Donkey. I don't think she's made it to LA this weekend, but the score is, of course, one of those on the shortlist tonight. Our next guest is a regular on the show with so many performances with the Everyman Sunday Songbook. But Linda Kenny throws herself into character for every single show and in another life would definitely have been a movie star herself. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so Elmarie asked her to choose something from the whole world of music that she shares with the audiences. Linda, we have our tickets ready for the Swinging 60s. A fantastic celebration. Can't wait. (laughs) On the 16th of April with the Everman Sunday Songbook. Mm -hmm. And like in all the times that I've been talking to you about that over the years, and I can't believe you're celebrating like 20 years of it is just something else. I know it is mad. It is. But in all of those years, you have celebrated the stars of the stage and screen and some brilliant, brilliant, fantastic stars from the golden era of Hollywood. So immediately Mm. it thought of you when it came to movies because I thought if anyone is immersing themselves regularly in soundtracks from the movies you would be one of those not just in soundtracks but in terms of songs from the movies so I presume when I asked you to kind of think about that you immediately had a resonance with movies that had songs in their soundtracks. Well now your listeners would be mad surprised to hear that I don't actually listen to a lot of music in my day-to-day because I actually love silence between the music <laughs> you can imagine that so I uh, but as a child um I grew up literally like transfixed by those old Hollywood musicals like Oklahoma South Pacific Seven Brides for Seven Brothers in fact this morning I was only wearing shoes that every time I put them on I think oh Seven Brides for Seven Brothers they're yellow and white um <laughs> uh, pointy shoes and I think oh they would have been perfect in that show yeah I loved the dancing Calamity Jane the acting I mean we're talking corny acting you're not talking about subtlety at all but I loved all the vigor and and energy and you know I I used to always have a problem going to plays because uh, like I always felt there was something missing and then my I went to see Waiting for God and a friend of mine said they sang a little round to kind of you know pass away the time and my friend said oh my god it's a musical for me you know joking (laughs) but I have never really I mean I suppose I you know all the John Williams scores are all very you know emotive and all that but nothing has really got me to the same in the same way until I saw The Greatest Showman and I mean, I loved everything about that that musical. I didn't, I mean, I, I'm probably one of the few people who could say like, I didn't really like Moulin Rouge. The first time I saw it, I will admit, I had just arrived in New York and I was probably very severely jet lagged, but I didn't like it. It was just too in your face and I couldn't appreciate the music as a consequence of it. Um, and I didn't really love La La Land. Oh, I mean, very unpopular. But when I saw The Greatest Showman, I just... It kind of, it is a bit kind of corny, like that, those old fashioned movies that I grew up with. And I also loved the music. The music touched me at a an emotional level and at a kind of core level. And that, that uh, never enough moment, that stillness yes. of her just standing there in the gorgeous dress, which obviously I want to wear for stage, um, and just singing this song, like in a very still way, but that can just literally go into your soul and touch it. That was probably the standout song. Now, obviously, it's been done to death by people since then. And I've actually never sung it myself, which I partly to do with the fact that I think I could never do it like her. And there's a sense of imposter syndrome if I did. But it is so exquisite. And also I saw like little snippets 
highlights of behind the scenes, how, you know, they were pitching to investors and, you know, the passion and the commitment of the actors. You know, we, I suppose we never got a chance to see that in the olden days, obviously, mm. they, those old movies, because they were obviously made before my time. So just to see how that worked, you know, um, and and the whole kind of workings behind the scene and how it was realized onto the onto the actual big screen for all of us was very exciting for me. But the music, I think, was very exciting. A lot of people probably won't even agree with that now, but that, I'm just saying, from my point of view, that's what touched my soul. I've seen some of those videos as well of the behind the scenes where they were like that pitching, yeah. pitching, and like they sang their hearts out like they literally took their hearts out of their bodies and put them out on the table in terms of the passion that they brought to those pitching rooms where they had people in to listen to the score and the soundtrack and the choir singing behind it they actually you know bawling crying while they were singing the songs oh and no it was incredible yeah. and, and in fact I remember seeing Hugh Jackman being interviewed because he had had some sort of surgery to remove a mole I think on his nose and he was told by a surgeon you literally cannot sing tomorrow at this pitching that's right I'm so sorry but you will remove the, the stitches are only they need to bed in and so there was a stand-in for him and then when when it came to the big number, I can't even remember what the number is now, of course, it's eluding me. But when he came to the big number, he just he he overlapped with the guy. He just was carried yeah. away on the passion of it and he opened the stitches. And so while he's pitching and singing with all his heart, he's mindful of the little drip of of blood coming down his his face. Amazing. Like put yeah. their guts on the line. They really, really do. That's so, something else. I love this track. Great choice. Thanks, Linda. I'm trying to hold my breath Let it stay this way Can't let this moment end You set off a dream with me Getting louder now Can you hear it echoing? my hand Will you share this with me Cause darling without you All the shine of a thousand spotlights 